Welcome guys, we are here today with the fabulous head promoter, <laughs> Stephen Sullivan of Soap Events. Uh, Stephen's been in the industry for quite some time, did a little stint on, on global radio, I think, was it Capital? I did, I did. FM as well. Capital and Invicta and Heart and all of these nice. stations, which was really fun, but it was a long time ago now. So. so we'll just focus on the, the relevant stuff, the, the, the new stuff. Perfect. So Soap Events, they have quite a few sort of ongoing promoter nights all across the southeast. I know that you guys have got Soap Ashford, Soap Canterbury, Soap Reading, and I get enough booking requests from you guys. I was going to say, yeah, so um, High Wycombe, uh, we're sort of like a lot of different places around the M25, um, and that is between Soap, which is like a student-orientated brand, and then Glitter Bomb, which is an LGBT-focused yep. brand. Mm -hmm. Okay, good so, stuff. So how, so how long... Have Soap and Glitter Bomb been running? They've been going for a surprisingly long time, actually. Um, so Soap came about because um, I was originally involved with an LGBT night, which was in Canterbury, and it was becoming really popular, kind of almost like too popular. So we wanted to take some uh, of the students that were coming to that for the sort of fact that it was a good night and put them into a different night. So Soap came around uh, for that reason. And then... Um, the that's been about maybe oh, I think it's over ten years now, just over ten years. Really, yeah. So it's been a really, really it's long always, time. Always been so um, student focused. Yep. Yeah, so it's always been uh, student focused. So uh, soap was originally uh, students on a piss up. That was the. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's yeah, that was the original <laughs> nice. uh, thing, and then we just right, call we it soap. Uh, we don't because uh, I don't think some of the unis would appreciate it. But we, there used to be this whole element of uh, we were in the club that we originally started it in was one of those kind of like underground, really interesting, anything goes kind of clubs. It was very much like, you know, one pound vodka mixers, one pound Jaeger bombs. I mean, no wonder, you know, it, yeah, it yeah. did well. Uh, don't really do that anymore. And um, it just, the original saying was like, yeah, get dirty at soap and then... It kind of... It's like a play on words. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? So we had a whole thing for it, so it was fun. Do people still ask what does soap stand for? No, they don't. They just accept it now, so uh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was because you guys do the foam events. You do a lot of foam yeah. parties, and I just thought, oh, soap, it makes sense. They do the foam thing. I'll never look at soap again now in, in general. The, in the so, same way. In the same way. Well, I mean, that's the only annoying thing is that when people turn up sometimes, they're like, oh, no, it's not a foam party, is it? Do you know, because they yeah. think that it's going to, they right. see the branding outside or whatever. Yeah. And they might think it's going to be a foam party. But no, the people that kind of like know us just know us for like the themes and different things going on all the time. for soap? Like it's a student night. What does that involve? What do you? What kind of thing do you do? So the original thing when we set out for it was uh, that we wanted to be uh, the best night for music and fun, and it was there was no, no other thing other than that. So we used to have like a filter where we sat down and we were like, right, you know, is the music great? Is this night one of the most fun nights that you could go to? And uh, it was generally always centering around themes and different things going on, or stage shows, or just different experiences throughout the night, yeah. and. It was because uh, when I was at uni or just generally when I was getting into uh, venues and things like that, there wasn't really a night that I would really want to go to. I sort of grew up around the Romford area, so Hollywoods and all of those classic clubs on the Romford strip as it was known. 
and uh, they were all just, you know, probably, uh, you know, garagey focused at the time mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of dance focus and there were no nights I really wanted to go to because I was kind of one of those people that don't really hit the dance floor. So my place in the club is more in the DJ box or kind of, you know, working in them. So I think it was like, um, so it was kind of that night that I wanted to turn up to in terms of being like, oh, wow, you know, this is going on. This is happening. This is something. So it was always going to be entertainment based. Yeah. What was that like in the early days? Because it's quite a ballsy move to say, you know what, there's nothing out here for me. I'm going to put on my own thing. Well, I think at the time um, it was really good because I had a really supportive uh, venue owner that we, okay. that we were in and he was equally as mad as what uh, some of our ideas were. So it's all, it's never always kind of gone right. Some of the things like, you know, Along the, along the lines, you know, we've learned so much about how to do things safely, how, you know, we can probably look at an idea now and be like, that will work, that won't work, you know, it's um, things like that. But I would say in the early days, it was just different and it was just getting people's attention for that reason, so. So we obviously know the events and we've seen the events you put on. Yeah. You put so many different things on, every week there's a different theme. And yeah. Is it down to you to come up with those ideas? And so we... Do you ever struggle with that? Yeah, all the time actually, yeah. because you're always sitting there trying to think of something that people are gonna be into or want to come to. And I think that what's good is that we kind of have a selection of people in all of the different nights that would kind of follow us and be like, oh, okay, like I'll roll along with this. Uh, so it might not be something that they might be into, but they know that there'll always be something going on or something exciting happening or yeah. there will be like a focus to the night. Um, and then I think that helps us because we then can bring in people that maybe wouldn't come to us that would be like, oh, you know what? I like the idea of that. I'm going to come and check that out and see what that's like. And then from that, they might become people who come to us regularly. So yeah. I suppose you, I'm assuming there's things that have worked really well so because it's because it's you've got so many different things that you I mean we've been to your unit what's been like probably the busy big, the biggest success you've had from like uh, some content entertainment or something you've got, just for soap for now just then, for soap for now the worst that you would that you um so some of the best things at the moment are definitely going to be like the ball pit orientated nights because for whatever reason they are just so huge. Can I just so huge. Can I there speaking of ball pits? Yeah. What's the cleaning like? So... Uh, <laughs> that genuinely does intrigue me. So we have a machine that will, uh, it sucks the balls in via a giant hoover, runs it through a big cleaning machine and process and then spits them out the other end. Nice. We don't just leave them to be Fester. sticky and horrible. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. As you were. Yeah. But, um, so the ball pits at the moment have been something that uh, we've been really lucky to kind of be involved with in terms of just, um, you know, really trigger for people in terms of something that they want to come out to. Yeah. Uh, but I think that... Why, why is that? If you can get a good response from that social and posts and things that you're putting out there. Yeah. It's quite quirky, unique. Like. Yeah, I mean, I wish, this is one of the things that like, I wish I knew what was gonna land and what wasn't, because mm -hmm. sometimes we'll come up with an idea in the office or we'll, we generally tend to sit around, so it'll be uh, like an evening at mine or it'll be, uh, you know, over at Nando's or something like that, and we'll just come up with a whole list of things that we might wanna do, or we'll look at things that are coming up. So you've got your obvious St. Patrick's Day and your obvious, you know, Christmas events, but then, 
I think how you spin something can totally affect the way that it ends up on social media. So, for example, you might do a Halloween event and then you might combine it with a Stranger Things theme. And, you know, a couple of years ago, that was really on point for people that were coming along to our nights. They all wanted, you know, to see what we were going to do. And then there'll be other ideas that could just be, you know, not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but you could uh, turn a night that is going to be, uh, you know, like a sort of festival themed, you know, grass, flowers, big props and big things like that. Yeah. And you could turn that into uh, something, you know, with a local festival, you could tie up with them, you could do, and then all of a sudden it becomes something else and it takes its own, mm. you know, form. So it's, that's what I find really interesting is what people are going to respond to. Because sometimes, you know, it's not entirely different, you know, what you're, you know, you've, you've kind of got the basics. There's only so much you can do within a certain amount of walls and certain amounts of decor and things like that. So, do you ask for feedback, like from your, say, your customer base and saying, "Oh, did you enjoy this night? Or what would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of?" We do, and it's always um, the thing where it's it's like what I, you know, what I say in the office, and that you know, sometimes we'll be sitting around, and it will take us absolutely ages to come up with something, and if we knew what we were doing, we would honestly be so rich, you know, if we just knew that everything that we were going to pull out was going to, was going to hit. And then you talk to some people, actually, when we talk to people that go to our events, they often will request the real simple themes. So uh, they might be like, oh, you know, I'd love to see an army night. I'd love to do a glow in the dark night. I would love to do, uh, you know, the things that we kind of maybe have done quite a few times before that we might be a little bit bored of but they aren't bored of you know they want to come out and I think that um, you know definitely people having their camera phones and them getting better and better has influenced that in terms of they want that instant thing where they're gonna you know see themselves in camo gear that's gonna go on their Instagram you know that is the plan that you know some people come out to get those shots Uh, you know if it's gonna be a paint party they want that you know them UV covered in paint they them and their mates. The I this. totally think they do. Yeah, I that's think that I think that you get things like the. I think that's kind of why the ball pit has been working so well. Uh, just recently, I would say, if anything, over the last six months, maybe that's been one of the hot things. Right. Um, but you know it, that that has a shelf life, and you're already planning for. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. How far ahead do you plan? So we try and plan three months in advance, okay. just in terms of like in terms of being really specific. And then we're always trying to look ahead and go, right, okay, maybe next year we're going to try and do a run or we're going to, you know, team up with this company or this brand or someone else. So, like, there'll be conversations going on now where we're, like, going, right, we're going to try and next summer hit this or next Easter we want to do this. Um, So there's always those things. So with with the themes, have you ever launched a new theme and you've done the first event and it's not gone to plan? When that happens, do you just... End it straight away, or is it a case of oh, it might not necessarily be the theme? It might be the time of month. Or I think that um, I think it could be uh, a theme. It could, or it could be the title. So it could be the fact that you know you can take something that is uh, you know essentially big inflatable flowers, grass, and you know just to talk about what I was doing earlier, yeah. you know, and you could brand it as one thing. You could try something else. You could try something else. There's a lot of different things that you can tie it together. But it's yeah. about finding that concept that they want to. Uh, take part in so something that's been really trigger for us lately uh, as well as been uh, anything with like a unicorn word 
So you'll notice that like a lot of um, like shops and brands and things, they're using the, they'll use yeah. that word. Uh, so they'll be like, oh, you know, we can get your unicorn cup. You can get this, you can get this. And then all of a sudden you take that with some content and you tie the two together and then you've got a unicorn garden party thing and then you just chuck it all together and then that could be something that they really buy into um so in terms of things that have gone like less to plan there has been things that we've done in the past that i probably wouldn't that we would do differently um i remember when we started one of the things that really kind of got us known for maybe the wrong reasons was uh, we decided to do a night. We thought it'd be really fun to have a pool. It was like a sort of birthday orientated night of the club. We thought, yeah, we're going to put a pool of jelly in <laughs> the club. And we thought this was the best idea ever at the time. Right. Okay. Oh, this is such a long time ago. And um, we sort of had it, you know, on the sort of semi stage. And how, um, how big was this pool? It wasn't that, bu- <laughs> it wasn't that big. It was like maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, the size of this room. Yeah, it was big enough. Um, And, um, you know, it was, we were making jelly all week. We totally underestimated the amount of work that this was going to take. And we had this up and we were like, okay, cool. You know, people are going to be reserved. You know, we opened the room. Uh, We thought people were just going to almost look at it. People got in it in about four seconds, probably. So we had all these guys and girls in this jelly pit. And uh, obviously, as, as a result, everything was kind of quite sticky. It was like this inflatable pool. It was up on a stage. So what, obviously, at one point, one of them has kind of got out, maybe someone who is a little bit larger. And the inflatable's gone like that. The jelly's gone like that. <laughs> it's gone all over this dance floor. Um, it's turned the dance floor into a complete ice rink. Um, so we already knew at this point that there was a problem. You know, it's like 1am, you know, no, it wasn't even 1am. This is probably like, you know, half midnight. Um, So it's getting out of hand. Um, I think the fire brigade and the police arrived uh, about the same time as someone was being carried out on a stretcher for having fallen over. Um, And the management at the time were like, right, we need to get rid of this thing. So they basically dragged this pool full of jelly down a fire escape, which obviously made the fire escape completely inoperable. It was just, that was probably the biggest that's brilliant. thing have you, have that's ever gone wrong. Have well, consumed it so, well, I remember, so the front of the paper was like, a, you know, the paper did a big like attack of the blob thing. It brilliant. just, so we made like the front of the local paper, nice. uh, which I still have a copy of somewhere, which is a good example of how, yeah, it sort of didn't work out. And um, I have avoided that, you know, since really. But I suppose you can, in the time, you're just thinking, well, this cannot get, oh, it can get worse, mm. right? But now you look back on it and you can really laugh. because You is, always get things like that. Really yeah, you always get things where you just don't know how people are going to react to something that you're going to do. Right. So um, it could be that you go, right, yeah, Game of Thrones, brilliant night, you know, brilliant TV screen. We want to do a night that's dedicated to this. And you don't kind of anticipate that people are going to turn up with actual swords uh, and then get upset when they can't come into the venue. Do you know not what I mean? Plastic ones. Not plastic ones, proper, full on, um, you name it. They have, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's things like that that you can't really think about or you have trouble to, yeah. to see how something's going to plan out. But I would say if there's anything that we really want to do for the future, it is just to come up with some new ideas. I would say 
new things. Yeah. We spoke a little bit before we started about sort of hatching onto trends. So at the moment, obviously, Drag Race UK mm. is massive. That's a huge thing at the moment. Obviously, something like that is a bit of a goldmine for you because you have good relationships with the with some of the people that are even participating. But would you then immerse yourself in something that's trendy or cool for this next period of weeks to capitalise on that? So for something like the LGBT night, so we do Glitterbomb, which Glitterbomb. is a, um, again, sort of around the south, uh, pretty much sort of pop-up type LGBT events, maybe not some of the biggest cities, some of the, you know, we kind of like in Guildford, High Wycombe, Canterbury, Cambridge, it's really popular. Um, I would say that we always, I've always want to try and stay or stick to what I know, because I have done the thing in the past, and I think you get other promoters who are kind of like, oh, this will appeal to this demographic, blah, 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 that they don't really understand it, and then it ends up going wrong, and I think... I remember actually, embarrassingly, um, I thought it'd be a good idea. We had a sort of an opportunity with a venue and they were like, look, you know, we want you to do this. You know, we're looking for like a garagey type night. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. No, yeah, we'll do. I didn't get it, you know, and it was it was embarrassing when A, not many people turned up for Artful Dodger. Uh, B, the fact that I just had no clue what was going on. You know, I was like standing there and, you know, your own night that you're promoted and you just stand there going, well, this is great. You know, so I kind, of, I kind of think you have to, I think that's one thing that I have learned from this is that we have to stay in what we do, which is, you know, we are so generally commercial, right. you know, pop orientated. We are that night, but that's genuinely what I love. I love the top 40. I love pop music. I love commercial stuff. Yeah. And I know you get some people who are like, oh, you know, I only want to DJ this or I only want, you know, when I DJ the commercial stuff, it's genuinely what I love. Yeah. And so... Um, do you still DJ on... on I do, on, yeah. yeah. I, well, actually, I mean, yeah, zone. I know. Do you know what? Um, I know the ones you're talking about as well. And <laughs> she's right. very naughty for uh, getting them, uh, that lovely girl that you have uh, that comes and takes those photos. Um, the, I would say I try not to. I maybe DJ once a week or twice a week just because I do genuinely enjoy it. It's one of the things that I do really enjoy going out and doing. Yeah. Uh, but then I find that often... Um, <laughs> you know, there's other people that can do it better than me, so I'm going to let them. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So moving on to Glitterbomb and, mm. and those events, how long, how long has Glitterbomb been up and running? So Glitterbomb is, uh, I think Glitterbomb is maybe seven, seven, eight years now. Okay. Which is a long time for, in this, in this, you know, yeah. to have a night going for. But it's, this is the thing is that it's always been kind of a little bit pop up, but I mean, we've always just been happy with the way that it's been. So I don't know. I think maybe now more than ever, we are trying to really grow it and trying to see how far we can take it because I think the it's just something, you know, with I think shows like Drag Race UK are helping kind of put LGBT nights in the spotlight. Um, I think as well, there's just so much talent out there. I think there's so many like local drag queens, local performers that want somewhere to go and perform. Yep. So I think that's been really interesting to see those guys come through. Um, these events are all about the performances, all about the I would say they're totally about that. We do actually theme them just to tie the entertainment together. Yep. But they're, you know, we try and be really careful and say, right, we're, we only really want to do things that are gonna that we couldn't do at a soap night. So we only want to, you know, do something that is very LGBT orientated. 
um, something that is so kind of niche. Yeah. Uh, but and I think in some ways that works better because then you you're really ticking the boxes of certain people. But I mean, in terms of like the drag race stuff, we've been probably booking the guys from the states, flying people over for maybe uh, I want to say like four years now. It's wow. been been a while, yeah. and um, they've always been very niche, very popular. People have always wanted to jump in and see what they've got to offer. I think there's like an exotic element where. You know, you're not going to see this person all the time. They've flown in a specially kind of vibe as well. Uh, and I think that really has been with, appealing to people. With that, you said you can do things with Glitter Bomb that you can't necessarily do with soap. Mm. As a promoter, is that a bit of a godsend for you? Because you can kind of flex some different sort of ideas and stuff that you couldn't necessarily get away with for the soap brand. Yeah, I would say that soap was always kind of, you know, more about the content and more about kind of like, oh, you can turn up and do this. You can go in a ball pit. You can uh, have this experience. You can get this photo. You can dress up like this. Whereas I feel like um, Glitter Bomber's got its own thing of, you know, people turn up covered in glitter, covered in, you know, in drag, in different outfits. It's uh, it's just completely different to what we've been doing before. So I think that that's got its own, I think it just keeps it interesting, okay. you know, for me. I'm just like, I love turning up and seeing what people are going to wear and going. Um, what are some of the kind of industry, we speak to a lot of people who kind of compare it to what it was and how it was and where it's going. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we, I just want to kind of find out from your perspective, how have the last few years been for you in terms of footfall, and even potentially keeping that footfall as, as well, retention customers? I, I, I still class myself as one of the luckiest promoters, genuinely. Um, I feel like um, footfall has definitely decreased. There would be a time when we would completely turn our nose up at, you know, 400 people that were coming into a venue. It would be like, wow, this isn't busy at all. Why are we here? Kind of thing. Whereas um, now it's, you know, those expectations have had to change because um, of a few reasons. I think it's uh, kind of uh, changing people's habits for, uh, you know, maybe the number of people I think that are slightly younger who don't drink is so much higher. They don't drink, they don't smoke, they go to the gym. It's just a lifestyle thing. And I also feel like, um, uh, you know, demographically, less people going to university, less people having that lifestyle, um, less people in general. Uh, I think that, you know, when you go through the demographics, you can see in a few years time that we are gonna get that spike back in terms of, uh, you know, 18 to 21s, yeah. You were saying that there's like a, a big spike in, was it the 13 to 14 year olds? Right yeah, now? so I think at the moment, kind of like, uh, you know, if you're gonna be a student promoter in four or five years time, you're probably gonna be in for a much easier ride in terms of there's just gonna be more because there will be um, you know, more people available, whereas at the moment that demographic is all, yeah, 13 to 15. Yeah. So um, I think this point in time right now is the lowest that um, it's been in years, uh, maybe 10, 15 years so far as the number of actual 18 to 21 year olds that there are. Yeah. Um, so it's been, I think, I'm hoping that this is going to be that kind of bottom the, the, you know we're at the bottom now and that yeah. but are I think you, are you, you future proofing and planning ahead for that four or five years time for you thinking that far ahead God, I mean to... 
part of me thinks, yeah, you know, I was hoping to retire by now, you know, like, uh, <laughs> but it's not happening. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think there's certain things that are always going to stay on, that are always going to be on trend or, you know, you, you, you think you know, but um, I would say that we definitely want to think about what, um, you know, I think to be honest with you, we should be really thinking now about, you know, can we do any under 18s or can we do anything to, you know, for, for those guys because that is just such a big market. That's a, that, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we deal with some clients that do host these sort of under 18 nights. And on the face of it, they get absolutely wrapped. Um, obviously, it's non-alcoholic yeah. beers and whatnot. So it's um, it's just one of those things. I personally uh, don't like doing it as a promoter because you uh, you know it does bring issues with. Um, I actually did do it in the very early days. We did do some under 18s type events, and it was all very much like you know sneaking in alcohol in makeup containers. You know, right. kind of having responsibility when um, you know you can't just kind of turn someone away you have to be responsible for them yeah. there's a whole load of stuff that comes along with Absolutely. it basically and um it was getting it was getting harder and harder to um kind of engage them because there's no shortcuts you need to really you know if you're gonna really go and attack these different schools well, what i learned was that they all actually kick out at the same time so actually you need to spend two weeks going around one area yeah. every day at three thirty, three o'clock just to try and get you know, that was the old school way. Um, I don't know whether we could, uh, you know, cleverly target online, you know, with something that was going to be a bit more viral or yeah. things like that. Be to get a database of people under 18 mm. so that when they do turn 18, you've got them and they've yeah, got them. Yeah, but then it's, this is the thing. It sounds is, a bit weird, that. Do you know, yeah. do you know what? <laughs> I, always, um, I always think that um, uh, some clubs actually make the mistake of doing that in turn and I, I don't I don't know this. I've got no I've got nothing to back this up with, but it's kind of like a a bit of an observation that I kind of think that if you're um if you've got a town and they have a really successful under 18s night and it's all at this place, all of a sudden they hit 18 and they don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. So it can I think it can negatively impact um a venue. Yeah. Because, you know, all of a sudden when, when you get those guys and they all turn 18, they're like, oh, well, we've, we've been there. Mm -hmm. Kind of don't yeah. want to go back. So now we're going to go and try the competition or we're going to try whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think it's in some respects it can work in a, in a, in a negative way. Um, but I think the, you know, people do still want to go out. They do want these experiences. They want, uh, you know, reasons to get together. It's just hard uh, as a promoter. You know, you've got to find that opportunity, nurture that opportunity. You know, you can have an idea today and you might still be, you know, realistically nine months away if you wanted to do it properly and really go through and really look at who your audience is and all the rest of it. How have you leveraged social media? Because if you've been, you've been around promoting, yeah. for example, it started to grow. So you're kind of at that forefront. You're continually at that demographic. Well, I remember when we were advanced. Um, I remember when actually we were one of the first promoters to actually get on social media, to have an event listing, to start utilizing Facebook, to make sure that people uh, you know, liked us. I, I really felt like we were, at the time, that, that was kind of a thing that no one else was really bothering to do. Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago, um, you know, we, we were, 10 years ago, we were still the underdogs of the, these marketplaces. So I think that when you then went on and started to build, and I think that your, uh, you know, edge rank, whatever you want to call it these days, is 
uh, was so much higher back then because you could work the system, you could turn around and you could give someone a laptop in a club and be like, hey, look, invite your friends. Yeah. Facebook has cottoned on to all this, you know, and they know, you know, they ain't showing your event unless you pay them a load of money. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, there used to be so many free ways, you know, it used to be a case of you could take on the right people and you'd have a massive reach because those people have all got 4,000 friends, 3,000 friends, and you would just really be able to do it in a way that was a lot easier. Whereas I feel now, um, uh, in terms of the way that we leverage it, I would say that, I would say we're doing, I would say that it's almost got to the point where everyone's on a level playing field because anyone can just put money onto these uh, things. I think there's smart ways of doing it. I think you've got the boosting posts and things like that, which are, for me are the way of just losing the most amount of money with the least amount of impact. Yeah. And then you've got the kind of smarter ways of uh, kind of people who are going to go in, they're going to maybe you know take a bit longer setting uh, something up, targeting different demographics, writing different ads, A-B testing, yeah. all that kind of stuff for their different segments of who... Are you doing that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, different segments of who they feel their audience Mm -hmm. This is R. Uh, you know, we're very quick to kill stuff that isn't working. So if something even is, you know, 36 hours in and we're noticing that it's not quite connecting, you know, we'll change it. Is it going to be a picture thing? Is it going to be a uh, wording thing, perhaps? Is it going to be, um, you know, it could be one of a million things. But I mean, you know, it's Facebook, Instagram. We are doing stuff on Snapchat because we're trying, you know, to uh, different videos. We think the postcode targeting could be quite relevant, especially for, uh, you know, when you're in a uni town or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, you could almost sit there and do it until the end of time, you know, but I don't know whether there's that thing anymore of, you know, it's very hard to make that album go viral or that, uh, you know, something that you just want engagement with. It's very hard to, to get a message engaged because I think people see so much of it and they just drown in it. Yeah. So I think, you know, you're scrolling through your feed and it's very easy just to scroll past a bit as, yeah. you know, your analytics are telling you that that person's seen it. Yeah. But actually, have they seen it? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think, I mean, it sounds like you get quite technical with your social mm. campaigns. Do you think a lot of venues, promoters are doing that? From our experience, probably not, not a lot are. My experience would be not, yeah. yeah. Um, and do I, you think because it's one, it's an extra thing to do? And people don't still understand how important and powerful it actually is. I think that um, it's something that people find it's really hard when you spend £300 for that week and it flops, mm -hmm. you know. And so people are kind of like, oh, I spent this money and my venue's still quiet, so why am I not? You think that you need to spend that love to to learn from it? Like you, um, like you say, you're tweaking the ads all the time. And our um, so to give you an idea, our spend since we started on Facebook, um, our spend on adverts is uh, over a hundred thousand, okay. which in is in ten years. In ten years, yeah. Wow. Which I think is actually not too bad. But obviously, we probably a lot of that is going to be weighted towards the last five, six yeah. years yeah. more than anything. Um, but I would say that there are some nights that I would attribute the entire success to having the right social stuff online, getting the right people, et cetera, et cetera. I would say that if anything now, the difference even in the last year to two years is that it is actually now so much harder to try and uh, set things up in the right way. Uh, I think there's... Did you, do, did you do the ads yourself? 
I do actually, yeah, yeah I do because um, um, I don't know why. I've just been Probably a job I've been stuck with, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, so uh, you feel you're the best person to convey your mm, message as the venue, and I feel and I feel as well like um, it's all well and good, as in uh, because I've got that history of it. I think because I've seen I've seen it be a very you know kind of basic system and now it's gone up to you know you've got 10 12 different even types of campaign that you can run yeah. just on you know on on facebook let alone anything else uh, so i think i've kind of seen it go from kind of that to that so i kind of feel like you can look back and go right i've not had a lot of luck doing this i've this seems to have got the message out but i would say we are pulling back as in we would probably do it absolutely every week religiously without fail like and on a smaller scale whereas I feel like now we you know take something that we feel might be particularly of interest and we use that as um you know to try, to try and get the engagement yeah. up um you said that you think people are on a level playing field now when it comes to social media because of that are you doing anything offline like offline marketing maybe it's not as saturated you have any success well anywhere? I think it's um the I think the thing that's gonna that hopefully would differentiate us between our competition is going to be the quality of the social media mm -hmm. um, in terms of what goes out. I feel that um, like our organic stuff is a lot better. I feel that we um, really try and look at things that people will engage with that are going to be relevant to them, yeah. you know, try and running it through those filters of going, right, this is what we want to try and get across or this is the message that we want. How, how are we going to do this? Is it going to be through, you know, something funny? Is it going to be through, you know, but the, the days of just going, oh, you know, come to my night, it's £1.90 drinks and this, it's just, it's just over. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, and it's like, it's almost like, you know, people want to know that story. People want to know, I think, the background of, you know, what, you know, in the case of Glitterbomb, I think they want to know what it is all about, what you stand for, what... Yeah. You're trying to, you know, what you're trying to do. They want to know your story a lot more than just, yeah. oh, I can come out here and have a drink. Cool. So well, social media is the main way. Are you using? Are you, are you doing anything with the universities? You doing anything that's not social media based? Yeah. So we would, I would say, try anything that isn't social media based at the moment in terms yeah. of trying to differentiate ourselves. So, like, uh, we did a charity uh, run over the weekend. So uh, one, uh, they there was a place that was doing a glitter run. Right. So they were like saying like, oh, you know, we're doing a run that's all glitter, blah, blah, blah. So we were like, oh, okay, cool. So like, you know, we branded up one of our, one of their tents yeah. and, did, cool. and did stuff like that. And, you know, brought down loads of bubble machines. And yeah, I would say things like that, or we're trying to do more things that are partnerships. So we're trying to do more things like, oh yeah, you know, if you go and check this place out, then yeah, we're, you know, we're linked with them, you know, associations. Uh, we are doing a lot of stuff with unis and they are great in terms of, uh, you know, screens around campus, uh, you know, red bus, uh, you know, screens that are all around these different venues and what have you. So we're trying to do things like that. But I'm, I do, it's, it's hard because it's like, you know, I'm getting even some backlash about flyers now in terms of Waiting waste of paper, oh, you know, God. all this sort of stuff. Yeah, that was <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's it's so you know I I did actually I, what is it? Someone they did actually turn around to me and say yeah you know 
think of the environment, you know, and stuff. I'm just like, oh. Do you want to come to a club or not? No. Well, do you know what? What I like is what we try and do. I mean, this was actually the venue that was turning around and saying this to me. They were saying that they don't want uh, flyers in their venue. I was like, okay, but um, you know, it's it's hard. You know, it's just another thing. You try and yeah. work on posters, or you can, um, you know, we do things that we try and um, if we over freshers, we might do like a bigger pamphlet that like might fold out into something that someone might put on their wall. So okay. it's like, oh, it's a calendar, and it's got all of our events around it, and a little That's discount, cool. you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think people are trying everything they can to try and do things that are offline uh, and. A kind of away from social media because we are all kind of a little bit we are all spending a lot promoters are spending a lot of money on it um and you can't it, it doesn't equal the result you know i think for someone in your position because you've kind of been a forgive me you've been around a while okay <laughs> <laughs> okay but you but you you know a world that existed before this yeah whereas the younger promoter doesn't it's and true. A younger promoter who who thought Snapchat and Instagram, this is going to be all the build and end all. Hypothetically, if that goes down, they don't know where to pull other resources from, and that's where I suppose your experience comes into it. So coming off of which, why are you still in this industry? Uh, you know, part of me is want to be like, you know, wants to give a funny sort of like, oh, you know, I don't really know how to do anything else. That is kind of true, um, but I think the thing that I really love about this job is that it is always so different you know i don't i don't i genuinely that no two days are the same you're always coming up against new things there's you know especially when you're dealing with themes there's you know you you're never just coming in and doing the same thing same branding same this it's always something different yeah. you're always thinking about um ways to move it forward and i think um the thing that i really like in a sort of non I don't want to say it in a sort of cheesy way, but I think that, you know, when there is, it is such a good thing when you are bringing people together and it is away from social media and it is, um, you know, you're getting people to meet in real life. You know, there's people across the years that have, you know, proposed at the nights, met their, wow. you know, husbands and what, you know, it's, it's, it's like that and meet friends, meet uh, people that they otherwise wouldn't necessarily ever meet and become friends and lifelong friends and that's what I think I really like about it the fact that you can you can kind of go oh we put on this night and we made that happen and everyone came and it was a feeling and we loved it and cool. great yeah yeah okay well look I think, I think we're not going to top that so I really want to pre pre so, yeah, perfect then. Appreciate your time today, Stephen. It's been it's been wonderful coming here to Licklist HQ. It's a it's a beautiful building, guys. There we go. Appreciate that. I Thank love you. it. Good stuff. <laughs>